Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the DNVR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNVR to take advantage of their deals. Hope it's been a good start to the week for everybody. It was a nice start to the week for CSU men's basketball. The Rams remained in the top 20 despite the loss to St. Mary's on Saturday. I already broke it down quite a bit with the two podcasts on Sunday, so I don't want to get too repetitive here, but it's just not the end of the world. The metrics show that this is a quality opponent. I think it'll ultimately go down as a quad two game in the end. Just not that big of a deal. And honestly, the country kind of validated that by only dropping CSU four spots. I felt like that was, I don't know, just a nice little tip of the cap to CSU for the nine and one start. Typically, it takes the Rams longer to get into the top 25 than it did this year. And obviously, getting that top 10 win over Creighton, four straight high major wins, that's going to help your cause. It just feels like historically, the Mountain West, anytime a, a ranked team loses, immediately, you know, drop 10, 15 spots. It's just this dramatic overreaction, despite the league usually being consistently competitive. And this has just been. Nice to see that the the CSU Rams are recognized as legitimate. We'll get into some more hoops takeaways here in just a couple of minutes. Obviously, the big news in CSU country is that Dallin Holker has declared for the NFL draft. That's what I'm going to start with. At the end, I'm going to get to the mailbag. Thank you to everybody that sent in questions, comments, topics, all that our way on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rams. I had heard all year that the expectation, the plan was for Dallin Holker to come back. Obviously, things can change. I can't I can't speak for him, obviously, but I do think the fact that he didn't walk on senior night leads me to believe that this is kind of a, a decision that has been made recently. You know, I don't think he necessarily knew that he was NFL bound after the season. Again, I can't speak for him. I just assume that if he knew he was going to go early, he probably would have walked. That's not always how it works, but a lot of times if you are a guy that knows that you're going to give up your senior season, you know, you still will go through that whole process. Either way, it's obviously a big loss for CSU. Jay Norvell has talked about on multiple occasions how important being able to attack the middle of the field is. And I feel like 
in 2022 when they didn't really have a consistent pass catching tight end, you could, you could feel how much it limited the offense. I mean, he was a guy you could target consistently to move the sticks. He was a big play target up the seam. Obviously the game winning catch against Boise state is something that we'll remember forever. He had a massive performance against CU too. I mean, he was a, a really important part of what the Rams did offensively. He was sixth in the Mountain West in total catches amongst all pass catchers, not just tight ends. Obviously, he led all FBS tight ends in total catches and receptions. It was an awesome year for him. I can't fault him for going pro at all. I mean, he's going to turn 24 in April. So, you know, as far as time goes, if he seriously wants to pursue a pro career, now is is probably the time, just given his older age. That is one big difference between Dallin and someone like Tory Horton, who just turned 21. That's a three-year gap as far as pro scouts go and teams being willing to invest time in you. That's a major difference. I do think he could have benefited from coming back and putting a little bit more on film just in terms of being kind of a more well-rounded, uh, more complete tight end. You really got to be able to block at the next level for the most part. And I wouldn't say that run blocking or pass blocking, but just blocking in general is his strong suit. He is a a great pass catcher, don't get me wrong, but he's not a guy that's going to test through the roof in terms of some of the agility stuff and, you know, running his 40. I don't know. I, I just being honest, you guys know that I spend quite a bit of time following the NFL draft. It's been a hobby of mine for a long time, but being one of the hosts of the draft pod for DNVR, I get into it uh, pretty, pretty intensely. I'm definitely a nerd. I love Dallin. I'm so thankful that he came to CSU. The earliest that I see him getting drafted, though, is like late sixth. I think seventh round or undrafted free agent are very likely for him. That's not because I don't think that he's really talented. That's not the case at all. I mean, I argued he should have won the Mackey Award because he was the most productive tight end in all of college football. He had huge moments for this team. And his loss definitely leaves a big hole for this offense. So don't get it twisted. I'm a huge Holker fan. I just worry, given his older age, given the fact that he's kind of in between in terms of how he projects at the next level, I think a lot of teams are going to view him more as an H-back type. And I just don't know if that is what best suits his game, at least from what I saw in Fort Collins. Definitely was really impactful as a pass catcher. I just wonder, is he going to be fast enough to be able to get open against NFL defenders? I'm not sure. Is he going to be consistent enough as a blocker to earn a roster spot? I think that's going to be a big thing for him. I mean, that was the thing about Trey McBride. He is as gifted of a pass catcher as I've ever seen. He's also a menace in the trenches. If you're not Kyle Pitts out there, if you're not Julius Thomas or Jimmy Graham or someone like that, that's just really, really dynamic that can jump through the roof, you've got to be able to block. So I'm just very interested to see kind of how he projects as a pro prospect. He has all the work ethic. I mean, I've never heard a bad thing about the guy. So it certainly would not surprise me if he goes on and, you know, proves me wrong because he's just a dude that's going to go about everything the right way. 
and I'm sincerely rooting for him. I'm bummed that he's not going to be a Ram next year. But that's just kind of how I see it as far as the NFL draft evaluation process goes. Spend a lot of time looking at guys across the country, and I do have some concerns just about how his game translates at that next level that I didn't have with Trey. So we'll just kind of have to see what happens there. Again, really special run. Really thankful that he came to CSU. The offense needed him in a major way. And now it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens as a result of his departure. Do they go out and pursue another transfer? Does somebody like Vincent Brown or Jordan Williams take it to the next level? Personally, I'm more inclined to think that the transfer route is where the Rams will ultimately end up going. I think there's a lot of guys out there that could translate well in this system. And the fact that Holker was able to come in and immediately do his thing is a nice little selling point for CSU, as is the fact that you've now had a Mackie winner and a Mackie runner-up in a four-year span. None of those are, are bad things when it comes to trying to pitch kids on the recruiting trail. And as we all know, the portal is pretty full these days. So I think they'll probably go out and get a transfer. If I was a Power 5 tight end coming from like a Big 12 school, I think this would be a perfect landing spot. Anyways, that's my two cents on it all. Before we get to that mailbag, I'm going to talk about CSU men's basketball, kind of compare the first 10 games this year to the first 10 games last year. I'm going to talk about an insanely efficient start from Patrick Cartier, as well as the impact of not having Josiah Strong and Jalen Lake out there. I do want to talk to you real quick, though, about the Circa Resort and Casino, Vegas's first ever adult-only casino resort. They have the world's largest sports book, which is a three-story stadium style. It takes 10 people to operate the 78 million pixel screen. They've got great food options from Victory Burger and Wings Company to Project Barbecue. Tons of VIP seating. They've got multiple clubs. They've got a 7,000-square-foot casino with two levels, over 1,300 slots, 48 table games with dancing dealers. I haven't even gotten into Stadium Swim either. The 4,000-person capacity, um, it's a 15,000-square-foot area of wet space. They've got you know, swim bars and a pool where you can just watch uh, all the sports action while sitting poolside and sipping drinks. It really is awesome. They've got over 500 rooms with a variety of layouts to fit your needs. Elevate your evening at the Legacy Club or at any of their restaurants. If you're heading out to Vegas for the Broncos Raiders, CSU UNLV, the Mountain West Tournament, whatever it may be. Book your code or book your stay with the code, excuse me, DMVR20 for 20% off. Also, the Circus Sportsbook app is available for download in Colorado. Circus Sports bets can be made only while physically located in the state of Colorado. Must be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circus Sports of Colorado encourages you to gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. Also, when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker, they're here to help. Bax and Shanker win for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. There's no fee while they're working on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. They've already won over a billion dollars for their clients. And what's awesome is they now have more locations than ever serving all of Colorado. They have offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. With more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff, they have the strength and power to win your case. Bax and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, they can even help if you're injured at work. Call Bax and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bax and Shanker wins. 
Cool, cool, cool. CSU men's basketball, awesome 9-1 start, currently ranked 17th in the country, much better than the 6-4 start that they had last year, although that was honestly a little better start to the year than I remembered it in my mind. It kind of all fell apart after that CU game, I suppose. I mean, the injuries just caught up to that team. It made sense. Um, I was curious just how did some of the numbers compare in terms of some of the key areas where CSU struggled. Um, you know, three-point shooting has been inconsistent. I, funny enough, exactly the same as through the first 10 games last year. They've hit 83 of 219 attempts. That's 38%. They hit 82 of 217 attempts last year, also 38%. One of the areas where the Rams are doing significantly better is the assisted turnover ratio at this time last year. They had 157 assists, 102 turnovers. They've cut the turnovers down. They only have 95 turnovers this year, but they have 197 assists, so they're up 40 in assists while cutting the turnovers down by seven. That's a huge improvement. That makes sense when you've got Isaiah and all these vets out there. Uh, They've been better on the, the glass. The Rams have held an advantage in total rebounds. In six of their first 10 games, they only did it in four of the 10 last year. That's the impact of having Joel Scott, of having Neat Clifford. And, I mean, it's a collective effort for CSU. Joe Palmer, Isaiah Stevens, pretty much everybody has to contribute at some point. Uh, one guy I actually would like to see rebound a little better is Patrick Cartier. Having said that, his efficiency right now is insane. He's scoring a team-high 23.9 points per 40 minutes. He leads the Rams in three-point percentage at 54.5%. His field goal percentage of 59.5 leads all starters. He has 114 total points this season. That's the fourth most on the team. But he's played at least 78 minutes less than the three guys in front of him. What's, what's really been impressive is since coming back from that back injury, he has just been producing at an insane rate and an insanely efficient rate. Over his last three games, Cartier, he's 20 of 28 from the floor. He's 5 of 8 from deep over that stretch, but he's scoring 17 points per game in roughly 25 minutes per game over that time. And he's just such a perfect fit next to Joel Scott. I know CSU had some struggles offensively uh, against St. Mary's and the physicality that they brought to to the table, but especially against DU, especially uh, against Washington, I just... I felt like the spacing was so much different with Cartier out there. He he can kind of hang out around the top of the key, which is nice because it allows him to, you know, be involved in some two-man action with a ball carrier. You know, you could get in the pick and roll or he could pop out, you know, to the perimeter. I mean, there's there's a lot of different variations you can do there. But he obviously also tends to be uh, wide open at the the top of the floor there. He's been really deadly as a three-point shooter. As I said, leads the team 54.5%. And what's nice is with Joel Scott down low, teams have to respect both options. It's just, it's really made CSU more versatile. And you've got to credit Patrick for just being so damn efficient. 20 of 28 from the floor over the last three games. It's just insanity. He's also an 87.5% free throw shooter. He only has seven total turnovers, but only one in the last three games. He's just playing really beautiful offensive basketball right now. 
And it's been big. It's been really big for this team. His return to the starting lineup has been huge. He's a guy they're going to have to depend on as we get into the league slate because he's just so versatile as a scorer. And he's kind of a guy that can just make a a bad offensive possession and with a quality look. I mean, Isaiah is very similar, but just with how he can stretch the floor, with how he can post up, he gives you so many different options. And it's just been fun to see. He's a guy I really enjoy watching because he's so skilled. This run he's been on these last couple of games, it's been it's been something else. Uh, another trend I've noticed, though, over the last three games, this has been a little bit more discouraging, unfortunately, is the impact of not having Josiah Strong and Jalen Lake out there. I just You can feel it in multiple different areas, but the Rams average 8.6 steals per game in the three-game stretch against Boston College, Creighton, and CU. So basically nine steals a game. They averaged seven and a half steals per game over the first seven games overall. That's when they had all those guys healthy. Uh, Over the last three games, Washington, DU, and St. Mary's, uh, Josiah did play against Washington but hasn't played the last two. Jalen has missed all of these last three. The number has dropped to four and a half steals per game. So, I mean, down three steals on average over the first seven, but even down more than that if you look at how good CSU defended against Creighton and against CU Uh, on top of the steals being down and not creating as many turnovers. Opponents are getting off better shots against CSU consistently. Opponents hit 29% of their three-point attempts against the Rams over the first seven games. That was 40 of 140 overall. Uh, Opponents have hit 27 of 73 pointers over the last three games. That's 39%. So basically over the last three games, Teams are shooting 10% better from deep than they did uh, over those first seven. Basically, 40% of the three-pointers that the Rams have allowed all year have come over these last three games. That's not necessarily a reason to panic. You don't want to draw too drastic of a conclusion from a small sample size. I expect the averages to level out a little bit. I think the opponents did have a little bit to do with it. But I also feel like we have seen teams to get off more consistent open looks and rhythm uh, from deep than they did when CSU had Josiah and Jalen healthy out there along with Neek and Isaiah and Joel. And I mean, this team just had so much versatility without Josiah, without Jalen. I think you really need guys like Javante Johnson and, and Joe Palmer to step up, but also puts a lot more pressure on the young guys. Kyan you know, you need him to to make an impact. You need Tavy Jackson, who's finally back from injury, to make an impact. I thought we'd see a little bit more of him against St. Mary's than we did after how well he played down the stretch against DU. The opportunity for someone to step up is certainly there, but those numbers are something to keep an eye on moving forward. Another thing to put on your eyes or to keep your eyes on a deal to keep your eyes on would have been a better transition there. I want to talk to you guys about our friends over at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company, but they make a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair. They've got polarized lenses. They're really durable. And what's great is you, if you do happen to lose or break your pair, even on day one, they'll send you a brand new one, no questions asked. Shady Rays always has your back. You can shop the entire collection at their brand new location in the Park Meadows Mall, full-stop shop for all things Shady Rays. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. They always have your back. 
exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, High Plains Strains provides top-quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. Check them out for all your needs, including infused edibles, high-potency concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. They have three convenient locations in northeastern Colorado, one in Log Lane Village, one in Garden City, one in Sedgwick. You can order online at highplainstrains.com. Pickup at all of their locations is available, and they have drive throughs at every spot, which is super clutch. Use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention them for deals like a full ounce for 80 bucks, Veritas 8th for 25, Mammoth 1 gram cartridges for 15, or Exquisite Extracts 4 for 40. Again, when you use that code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plain strains deals. All right. Thank you to everybody that sent in questions for the mailbag. Uh, the participation has been great and this has been fun. So I'm looking forward to diving into these. Just going to kind of rapid fire through them. So again, thank you to everybody that uh, sent in questions, topics, etc. Uh, the first question we're going to start with is from my guy, Mike Rowe from the Ram Nation podcast, a.k.a. Cam's Chorizo online. Uh, who is the best during the Attitude Era of WWF? Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, DX, uh, or somebody else? It's a great question. Um, I think nobody was bigger than The Rock or Stone Cold. I think that was like the the peak feud when I think of WWF, the Attitude Era. Those two certainly are, are the faces of it to me. I'm a little bit younger than than you guys. Um, so for me, Shawn Michaels is the greatest of all time. I just think nobody sold the moves better. His attitude, the the character, the persona. I just I loved him and DX and and Triple H. So for me, I, I would go with Shawn Michaels slash DX. But I also don't think that you can go wrong with answering Stone Cold or or The Rock, who obviously just had so many iconic moments. And I mean, the glass shattering, I mentioned that on the last mailbag. I think that's the greatest theme entrance of all time. The The Rock had some of the greatest bits. You know, The Rock doesn't care what you have to say. I loved all that stuff. So that was, that was a fun time to be a fan of uh, WWF. Um, we had a follow-up question on that. Uh, Trish or Lita, that's a great question. Uh, definitely had a crush on Trish status growing up, but I think Alita did cooler stuff with the Hardy Boys, like, you know, doing swantons and whatnot. So I'm going to give it to Lita, despite <laughs> where uh, who I had a crush on, I guess, growing up. Um, question here from my guy, Aaron Harris. Tis the season. What holiday movie characters best represent each of the hooligans you interact with? That's a tough one because I feel like all the holiday movie characters are flawed and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. I feel like me personally, I most identify with Clark Griswold just in terms of being stressed out about trying to nail it. I love Christmas. I really do. I romanticize the holidays, all that fun stuff. But yeah, I think they also kind of kick my ass. So I'm Clark Griswold. I know this is kind of a cop-out. I don't really know who to answer for anybody else who would be like the Grinch who's, you know, somebody who maybe comes off snarky or or jerkish. I guess maybe Brohard, just like the snark, not really the, the jerk element, but just 
really snarky, sarcastic, but deep down it is super caring and, and lovable. It's a fun question. I just kind of butchered the the execution here. Uh, keeping it moving, we got from Rory Roth. I mean, I already basically answered this, but uh, with Holker declaring for the draft, does the staff try and find someone in the portal similar to what they did with Holker? Or do you think the current tight ends on the roster, Jordan Williams, Vincent Brown, et cetera, can fill the void? I, I think the transfer route is just the most likely. Um, as I said earlier, I think it's going to be really appealing for tight ends to want to play in this system. And just the fact that Brown and Williams didn't get a ton of run at the end of last season, that was a little alarming to me. So I think the the transfer route is what I would put my money on. A question from Stalwart Media here. Uh, just how much does Norvell and staff have to put in this offseason? How crucial is this coming season for CSU football? I mean, every offseason is big. Um, but yeah, I, I think... Year three is huge. Um, you know, I, I don't think, like, I think he's getting four years at least, regardless of what happens next year, unless there's like a scandal or a disaster or something. I think he would get at least four years. Um, so I don't think it's like the type of pressure of, you know, win or you're out. But I do think just in terms of fan engagement, support, you've got a bunch of rivalry games at home. Now you're multiple recruiting classes in, you have an opportunity to kind of see the foundation of the roster all being Norvell guys, it's a huge year. I mean, the, the expectation has to be to reach a, a bowl, to, you know, be rivals and be in contention. So it's huge. Um, I don't think it, it's as much work this offseason as it has been the last couple, just because the overall state of the roster is in a much better spot. But the pressure to win next year is significant, for sure. I think that's, that's no doubt. Keeping it moving, got a question from my buddy Eric. What do you want for Christmas? It's a great question. I haven't even thought about it, to be honest. Um, I'm a big sneaker guy. I love Jordans. I love all that superficial stuff. I know that's not necessarily the greatest, but I'm I'm a big sneaker guy. So I'd probably go with some like some Jordans. I love some good ones. I've I've wanted fives for a long time. Um that's what I would say. I, I would want some Jordans. Follow-up question to that. Eggnog, are you about it or not? I am about it, about it. Not only do I like eggnog, I would go as far to say as I love eggnog. Definitely fuck with it. Um, with or without booze. Big eggnog guy. Keeping it moving. Any portal updates or potential portal players we can end up landing? I mean, I could like sit here and speculate and name a bunch of people that the coaches are following on Twitter. I mean, I've heard some names, but this staff recruits pretty quietly when it comes to the transfer stuff. Last year, a lot of the guys that ultimately end up signing kind of came up out of nowhere. Uh, Dallin Holker is, is a good example of that. Uh, so I don't have a great update today. Um, I'll reach out. I'll get some names, put something together here over the next couple of days to give you guys an idea of who might be coming to visit I can give you an, an update of some guys that have offers and and whatnot, but I just don't want to speculate too much. You know, I think there's a lot of people that basically just go on, go online and see, oh, you know, coach is following this guy must must be a connection, and that is a that is one way to kind of start the the process. But you need more info than that. Uh, keeping it going um, from Mister Mister Morals here. With Mo Camara going pro, does the staff get someone in the portal to replace him, or is it next man up? 
I mean, I think newer Gatkus and Boom Jock and Kennedy McDowell, the the state of the defensive line room is really good. If you could go out and add a, another veteran, especially because you're also losing uh, Tony Pierce, the North Dakota State transfer, yeah, that, that would be great. I don't think you would turn your nose up at it. I also don't think it's a position that you're desperate or anything like that. Uh, this one coming from <laughs> Joe Palmer, cult leader. What, question one, what is your favorite holiday movie this time of year? Or I guess it just says favorite movie this time of year, but I assume that means with holidays. Um, of Camara, Holker, and Horton, who gets drafted the highest? Where do they get drafted? I think that uh, Mo Camara will be the highest. Still holding out hope that Tory Horton comes back, though I do think he'll be a, a third-round pick-ish if he goes pro. I think Kamara can go in the second round, maybe even late first if someone fell in love with him, but I, I do think he'll be a second-round pick. I, I, Holker, I kind of talked about it earlier, but I don't see him going earlier than the sixth. It, it's not a shot at him. I just think with the way that this process works and how he's going to test and stuff, uh, that's where I see it. Uh, what is my favorite movie this time of year? I think I got to go a tie between Christmas Vacation and Elf, which is kind of a cheap answer because those are probably the two most popular <laughs> answers, but I love them both. I love the Santa Claus too, if we really want to throw another wrinkle in there, Home Alone. I just like Christmas movies. I like the lights. I like decorations. I like all of it. I'm I'm really into it. Uh, way more so than my girlfriend. You know, I think the stereotypical dynamic or whatever is the the girl is, you know, way into Christmas or whatever, and then you get like the guy that doesn't care. I'm I'm all in. Hot cocoa lights, all of it. I I, I love that stuff. I got a question from Jim here. Who has more wins at the end of the regular season? CSU women's basketball or CSU men's basketball? That's a great question. I might go. Oh, man, this men's team is really good. They're not the start. It's hard to argue with. I think I'm gonna go the women's team though. Just because I think the the competition top to bottom is a little bit stiffer on the men's side. The women's league, you know, the, the top of the league is all really good, but it falls off kind of hard at the end in a way that the men's just kind of does it. So I just think there's more opportunity for league losses on the men's side. So I think the women's team will uh, win more games this regular season. That's where we will go. I got a question from Colton Kirby um, asking if I can give an update on uh, what's been submitted for the NCAA football game. Um, I have not had an opportunity to dive into that, but I will. I mean, it's going to take like an open records request likely, but uh, I'll get in on that for you guys. I'm I'm curious myself. So it's a great reminder, and I promise you I will get in on that uh, at some point here this winter. Um, from Stalwart Media, is the poaching of Nico Medved inevitable? Realistically, how much of a threat is Minnesota? I mean, it's very much a threat. It's his alma mater. <laughs> It's, you know, like basically for all you guys, you know, you, you're, you know how much you love CSU. That's his alma mater. I don't know if getting poached is inevitable. I do think that, you know, outside of Minnesota, CSU is a school, a community that means a lot to him. He spent a ton of time here in his coaching career. I think he likes living in Fort Collins, but they got to step it up. I mean, if you want to keep him, yeah, you're going to have to raises pay, but it's not just that. It's institutional support on things like NIL, facilities upgrades, um, you know, assistant pool money, all kinds of stuff like that. If you can give him a really terrific quality of life, allow him to compete at the highest level with 
basically no threat of getting fired, that's a, that's a pretty good spot, especially after seeing what Tim Miles went through at Nebraska. I mean, the grass isn't always greener. I do think there are probably just certain schools like Minnesota, maybe some bigger programs that if they were to offer, it would be really tough to turn down. I don't want to answer definitively either way because I can't speak for him, but I do think he loves CSU. I think this is a spot that he's content being at. I just think it's an also a, a situation where you've got to keep keep striving for more, you know, keep investing in what he's building and you kind of incentivize him to potentially stick around. So I, I don't think that him leaving is inevitable, but it's always on the table when you are a quality coach. That's kind of the the summarized answer there. A question from Dylan, any update on Tory's status for next year? Not yet. I imagine, you know, he'll go to the senior bowl, go through all that. So it'll, it'll be a while, I think, before we find out on him, unless he just definitively decides I'm going pro, regardless of what the evaluators say. Um, got some more questions here. <laughs> yeah. Got somebody asks me what's better, Alpha National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Those are my two favorites. I think Elf just barely because I think it's a movie that everyone can watch. Um, you know, some of the stuff in Christmas Vacation, it's a little bit dated at this point. I love it. I love Chevy Chase. It's it's my kind of movie for sure. But I think Elf has a little bit higher rewatchability and is a little bit. Uh, more appealing to a, a wider range of people. I think that's it. I think we got all the questions here. If I missed any, I apologize. The The way that things display on Twitter these days is very frustrating. The tweets aren't necessarily the most recent, and it all used to be so simple. I don't know why we had to complicate this, but uh, thank you to everybody that participated. It, it means a lot. We'll do these consistently throughout the season, throughout the offseason, all that fun stuff. Plenty of hoops content coming your way. Um, I'm going to dive into recruiting a bunch over the next week. I'm putting some stuff together right now on the class. Uh, it's, it's always a process, so you know, give me some time on that. But I'm looking forward to diving into all of it. Early signing period just around the corner. Uh, holidays are just around the corner. I hope everybody is doing well. It can be a tough time. I know that. Uh, it's you know stressful money-wise can be kind of a lonely time for some people, but I just want you to know that uh, if you listen to this pod, you're a part of the DMBR Rams community, which means uh, you're, you're my friend, man, and you matter to me. So much love. Happy holidays. As always, proud to be. Peace. Thank you.